You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit, where you will be hosted by myself, Ken Miller, and my friend, associate co-presenter, co-host, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how are you doing? I am great, Ken. How are you? You know, no complaints. No, that's uh, always good right it's a good yeah. day when that happens <laughs> well who cares anyway if you have any All right. you know, we don't need to hear your drama but today we have returning a very special guest joining us miss kat bearfield kat is one of our most loved and brought on to our show very often a registered dietitian and she's also the vp of dot fit nutrition services and so we're going to bring Kat on today because we're going to talk a little bit about the differences of body composition in relation to weight loss and fat loss and all the fun nutrition components around it. So let's bring her in and get started. Hey, hey guys. Kat. How are Ken, you? I-, I care. I care if you have complaints in your life. Okay. Just letting right. you know. <laughs> uh, I'll be calling you as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> okay. You might as well clear your calendar, Kat. <laughs> Too funny. Well, I'm good. I'm I'm always happy and I always feel good when I get to talk to you guys and talk to our um, audience about nutrition and how to optimize body composition. So shall we dig in? What do you guys want to know? How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) As much as you'd like. But the, the so the first thing as personal trainers and we're interviewing and we're well, we're talking to our clients or even potential clients one of the big things we asked them is what do you want to accomplish and among the list of things they want to do is okay i want to feel better reduce pain uh but nine times out of ten it's going to be i want to look better naked i want to lose fat i want to put on some muscle but a lot of times when it comes down to it they're talking about doing the same doing two things at once right but what is the difference when we're, when it comes to talking to somebody or helping somebody realize what it is that they truly want to do with their body? What's the difference between I want to lose fat and I want to lose weight? Yeah. So, you know, people come in and a lot of times you have people who say, I just, I just want the scale to move. Have you guys experienced that? Like, I just want to see the scale go down. I want to lose weight. And a lot of times they don't really have a concern. They don't care where that weight is coming from. They just want the scale to go down on their body to be smaller. So a lot of it starts with, you know, education and sort of digging deep a little bit more. So do you want to, are you okay with losing muscle tissue? Are you okay with looking soft skinny, if you will? I think in the industry, what what do they call it? Skinny fat is the term that people use all the time, right? Or would you rather look strong and tone? toned right and fit and so it's really sort of digging a little bit deeper and clarifying um what the actual difference is now if we can we can get you to lose weight fast but what that means is xyz right you're gonna lose muscle tissue which can then impair your metabolism which is hard to sustain which all these have all these negative consequences or we can focus on optimizing your body composition preserving your muscle tissue focusing on fat loss so that um, you don't have these negative consequences, you know, which one sounds better to you. And then of course, letting the client choose. 
Well, if I can't fit into my skinny jeans, I need to find the quick right. spot. So I can, right? That's usually like from a female standpoint. Yeah. But I, think, I think it's important for us to cover because I love this topic and I get this very often. And it is, I want to lose weight and I want to lose fat. And of course, who doesn't, right? We all want to lose fat because, you know, we need fat to live, but they don't want the big belly. It's usually like the women are grabbing the side of their legs and men are grabbing yeah. their bellies or wherever they're posting their fat for the day or, or in life. But can you yeah. talk about the rate in which this happens at a healthy rate? Okay. Healthy yeah. rate. Yeah. So in general, you know, most people want to aim for about half a percent to 1% of their body weight per week. Now there's always exceptions, right? Um, if someone is um, severely overweight or obese, or to your point, they need to fit in their, you know, dress for a wedding, they have a deadline of some sort, you could go faster. You just don't want to um, restrict calories for a prolonged period of time. You know that that can have negative consequences. So in general, for most people, it's half a percent to 1% of their body weight per week is a healthy rate of weight loss. What about fat loss? Is there a difference? Yeah, well, so that is the weight loss. You know, they don't really differentiate that in, in the research, to my knowledge. Um, but so the assumption is that you focus primarily on body fat and that you do as much as you can to preserve lean mass by resistance training, right? And by getting adequate protein. And I think, you know, to expand on that, that, that half a percent, half to 1% of mm -hmm. body weight, I think that's something that, our listeners, whether you're the exercise enthusiast or if you're a personal trainer who's listening to our podcast, um, one of the things that you know people will be rushed for time, right? I have a vacation, I have a wedding to get ready for. I'm I'm going to a going to the beach. Uh, I have a family photo shoot that you know I want to look my best in. So, understanding that real and reasonable rate of fat loss is 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 so important because yeah. you, you have to manage your expectations because they say well i'm getting married in six weeks what can i do mm -hmm. to get down one more size and you got to say well you can be hungry you can live on the treadmill and you can smoke cigarettes and drink a bunch of coffee you know from now <laughs> until then but the sustainability is it's, it's going to be non-existent. So I think it's, right. it is something that we need to understand. You could do it, but it's not a real and reasonable. It's not, it's not a sustainable format. So when you're talking just for clarification, the one and a half to 1%, that's if you're going to lose it and in a responsible way to you are to where you're actually incorporating behavior change. You are making those incremental changes from now. Well, throughout the weeks as your body makes those changes. Yes, yes. And it is half a percent to 1% of body fat a week. We want people to to not only be able to lose weight, but to keep it off, right? To your point, incorporating behavioral change. And one of the easiest way to do this is through an example. Like, you know, get the client to bust out their phone and get out their calculator, right? NASM on their website has a great body weight calculator tool that I think everybody should use. So to educate their clients. And so let's say you have a client that weighs 150 pounds, right? Let's just do it right now, right? Hey, client, you want to lose how much? Two pounds a week? All right. Well, let's just let's just calculate how much your body requires. Let's say the tool says, okay, your, your body burns around 2,000 calories a day, right? Well, if you want to lose two pounds a week, that's uh, 
It's about 7,000 calories since the assumption is one pound of fat is 3,500 calories, right? That's 7,000 calories a week. Let's divide that into from seven days a week, right? That's a thousand calorie deficit a day. If you burn, if your body burns 2,000 calories a day, we got to take away 1,000. That leaves you with 1,000 calories a day. That frappuccino mocha latte you're holding has 1,200. <laughs> so think that drink there, Ken. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, right? I mean, so I like to use examples like that and to show people numbers and to get them thinking about how sustainable do you think that is? And yeah, we can get you to your wedding dress, but then promise me afterwards, we're going to take a more sustainable approach, right? Let's, let's really dig deeper and get you to do things that you can sustain. And Kat, I really believe that unfortunately, this is unfortunate, but some of the TV shows that we've seen gives false hope that we can drop all of this weight in a week and it's very healthy to do so because we're seeing healthy changer changes in some of these individuals that really needed to lose weight for health reasons but somebody mm -hmm. that may maybe doesn't start out to be that that big uh, and I don't mean that to sound awful but you know they're not that mm -hmm. overweight but they have a goal and it's not realistic they still see that these people are dropping numbers and they're putting it on television and everyone's like giving high fives like you did it can you kind of talk behind the scenes too? Because I know you know what's happening behind the scenes that we don't get to see other than what the results are each week. I mean, I know these shows aren't no longer showing, but but we've all seen yeah. them and we know exactly what's going on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't believe some of the approaches that are taken to sensationalize weight loss, right? It's it's all about viewership. It's all about getting you to keep tuning in. So they make it as dramatic as possible. And so people might intake, you know, they might drink pickle juice to gain weight prior to their weigh-ins in order to, and then they pig out and they they consume as much as possible and retain as much as possible so that they weigh a whole lot more than what they really do to start the process that make the dramatic the weight loss more dramatic right and then of course you see snippets of how much exercise they're doing you know eight plus hours of exercise per day and they're monitored by a doctor taking their blood work constantly to making sure they're making sure they're okay so you know there's all this like you said the behind the scenes stuff and ways to sort of um make things a lot more dramatic than they usually are and then restricting their food right obviously locking food away so they don't have access to it. I mean, things that are so extreme that, you know, nobody can sustain that in real life. It's, it's, it's really silly. And, and that along with, you know, some of the stuff on social media, really, you know, they, they make people's expectation completely, completely unrealistic when it comes to, to weight loss. You and I know that humans are creatures of habit and that it's a process to change people's habits. And oftentimes, you know, that's not fast. <laughs> it's not fast at all. It takes time. So once, so once we do manage expectations, like somebody knows, okay, one and a half, well, half to 1% is real and reasonable. Um, so let's, let's talk about what is going to be sustainable. So when we talk about diets and again, that carries a whole weight of meaning and depending on who you are and where you're coming from diets can have a, a different i guess provokes certain emotions and, and feelings but what 
what do you recommend then as far as a, a nutritional plan and, and behavior someone should take when it comes to changing their body composition sustainably in the long term? Where should someone start? Yeah. So I think when someone wants to do a diet or they're curious about it, obviously I educate them on what that diet entails, whether it's keto or paleo or whatever. And then I, I like to ask the question, can you see yourself doing this the rest of your life? And if you don't see yourself eating less than 50 grams of carbohydrates a day, in the case of keto, never eating birthday cake again, or very little, never eating bread, et cetera, you know, then you might want to think, rethink your approach. So, so that's a good question to ask. Can you see yourself doing this the rest of your life? Right. And then the second, the second thing I like to ask is, do you want to keep the weight off once you lose it? Right, just to get affirmation, just so we're all on the same page and for them to acknowledge what the real goal is. It's not how fast, right? How you how fast you go, it's whether or not you can, you know, sustain the destination. Um, and of course, if the answer is yes, then okay, well, let's look at what you're eating now and let's figure out together what can we tweak. I like the word tweak, it's soft, it's not too, you know, aggressive. What can we tweak to to so that you can keep it up for the rest of your life? Things you can see yourself doing. And let's do that together. And that's going to be a process. But once you master some of these new skills and new habits and change your behaviors, then it's not about being on or off a diet, being completely deprived and like miserable, and then gaining all the way back and then more, and then doing it again. I mean, let's get off of the yo-yo diet train, right? And let's do something that'll like, you know, you can do for the rest of your life, which is a completely individualized approach. And that's where a fitness professional comes in right? It's that customized approach. So Kat, with NASM, you know, we have the OPT model and every four to six weeks we reevaluate, we decide if they should progress on to, you know, a different phase of training, because as we know, and we've talked about multiple times, your body starts to adapt to whatever demand we're doing upon it. So from taking that knowledge that we have on the exercise side and now changing, kind of turning the wheels on a nutrition side, once you work as an RD, you sit down with your client, you guys make reasonable goals. How often should an RD or does an RD work with someone to reevaluate the calorie intake? Is it the same type of approach four to six weeks or they stay on that until they hit their goal? Like how often do you reevaluate your clients? So for me, I ask my clients to track their weight as because I'm mostly I, I do virtual. So mostly weight is used as a tracking tool, as a piece of data, as opposed to a measurement of success or failure. Right. So tracking weight over time sort of gives us our averages over time and lets us know if we're on or off track. So it's sort of a continuous thing. Right. And then we tweak as we go. So on a week to week basis, what do we need to change? Are you and it's typically if someone stays the same for around three to four weeks, we know they've officially hit a plateau because we've tracked over time. It's not just one measurement at the beginning and then four weeks later. It's the average over time. And if they hit a plateau, then we would recalculate and reassess and try to, um, you know, take a different approach at that point. So I think it's there's value to, you know, having a continuous sort of monitoring of one's progress along the way. So with, with that monitoring, you're, you're making changes, you're, you're making your recommendations. Now, when it comes to making those recommendations, one of the things that has come up in other podcasts 
here on Random Fit with myself, Ken Miller, and Wendy Batts. Uh, again, we have special guest, Kat Bearfield, registered dietitian. And the question for us here, when it comes to body composition change and nutrition, we, we talk, we've talked about macronutrients, um, but more specifically with protein. Protein is is one that comes. It's, us, it's usually the first um, <laughs> macronutrient that comes up, especially when it comes to putting on lean tissue. Um, but can you clarify for us again how much is 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 enough? What 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 do we need to make things happen? responsibly. Yeah. So if we're talking about weight loss and optimizing body composition, then we want to shoot for at least 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. Um, and the research has supported up to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight um, in certain individuals to facilitate fat loss. Um, and that typically has to do with people getting ready for a contest of, of some sort. But for most people, most general population um, individuals that are not competing, at least 0.7 grams per pound of body weight is what we want. And then for our international people, our friends in Europe, 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight is what we want. And the reason why protein is prioritized, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, but one is it's potent in terms of preserving muscle tissue, right? Higher protein intakes means you help preserve muscle tissue. It also helps with, it's a sort of a natural appetite control aid. It, it sort of decreases people's hunger level while restricting calories. So there's obviously nobody likes to feel hungry as they're restricting calories to lose weight. And then it also helps with the with increasing your daily calorie burn slightly. You know, protein has the highest, what's called thermic effect of food or feeding. And that just means the calories it takes to digest, absorb, metabolize food you know, about 20 to 30% of the calories and proteins used for that process. Whereas with carbohydrates, you only use around 8% of the calories and carbs um, to metabolize and digest, et cetera. And then with fat, it's like 1% or something. So most people, you know, starting a caloric restriction um, weight loss program, you know, increasing protein and decreasing carbs and fats going to help shift their calorie burn upward, if you will. Does that make sense? Yes. So what would you, if you had to say, you know what, here are the protein examples I would suggest that everyone takes, what would you say? Don't say depends. Food. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> depends. What do you like? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to say you know, fatty fish, your omega-3s. So get, because there's so many benefits of, of the essential nutrients in fatty fish, EPA, DHA. So if you can eat at least eight ounces of fatty fish, per week, you know, incorporate those fish meals into your plan. And then of course the highest quality protein is whey protein. And the reason why it's whey is because it has the highest amount of essential amino acids. Those essential amino acids are the building blocks we need for protein that our body requires, but doesn't make. So you have to consume it. So it has the highest amount of um, essential amino acids on the highest amount of leucine, one of the essential amino acids that start the muscle building process. And so I would say whey protein is great. And then not only that, Wendy and Ken, but what the research shows is that when people incorporate high protein rich meal replacements in place of one to two eating occasions a day, it not only spontaneously reduces your caloric intake, right? But it also facilitates weight loss. So people can lose weight faster. Um, 
So yeah, so I would say whey protein, especially for busy, how many people that you know or clients that you know are busy, they're on the go, they skip breakfast, they eat from the vending machine at break time, you know, <laughs> they don't make good choices um, in terms of protein throughout the day. So, you know, either in a shake in the morning as you're going out the door or you add a scoop of whey into your oatmeal or your yogurt, you know, some people like to bake with it and make protein muffins or pancakes or waffles. Um, that's great. But a variety of sources of protein um, is always smart. So again, getting your fatty fish, eating your whey protein, getting your poultry, your eggs, even plant protein sources like soy is a complete protein source. Getting a variety of different whole protein sources is going to be beneficial. Yeah, because no one wants to be hungry if they don't have to. I <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Right. And we need fiber, too, for that reason. So along with protein, I would say the next thing would be fiber, getting enough fiber in your diet, because fiber is also a natural appetite suppressant. It slows the digestion of, of food. So it sort of helps you feel and stay fuller longer. And those are things like your whole fruits and vegetables, your whole grains, <laughs> beans, legumes, you know, getting, you know, good amounts of nuts and seeds things like that. Oats are great for that. Overnight oats with protein is an easy, fast, convenient way to get a good morning meal, even an afternoon snack. So um, protein first and then fiber. That's that's you you must be clairvoyant cat because that's exactly where I was going with that. protein <laughs> comment. Because one of the things I do at, at my facility, I have a jug of, of course, dot fit way. And, you know, if I have a chance to do that little impromptu, you know, 15 minute total body, whatever workout. And, you know, I don't have time to go home. That's where I'll, I'll take that scoop of whey and shake it up and, and I'm good to go. And I'm not thinking about my stomach when I'm working with my client who just might happen to be coming in, you know, as I'm filling in that gap with, with a workout, but that one thing that I, I, I just, that tears me down is just the appetite side of things. So adding that, you know, source of protein. Um, but if, if, you know, if I have the time, you know, it's, it is getting, you know, something that's going to, you know, have some staying power, you know, when it comes to, okay, I'm not thinking about my stomach. I'm able to <laughs> think about the task yeah. at hand. And you're able to make better choices after you're done training your client, as opposed to being ravenous, right? And yes. wanting to eat in and out animal fries, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, as to that, now I'm going to point out, Ken, you might want to try the Lean MR. And the Lean MR is a product that we make that has whey isolate. And we added seven grams of beta-glucan, which is fiber, not only to help you feel fuller longer, but it also has beneficial effects on um you know cholesterol levels so two for one who three for one maybe that? who doesn't yeah. want that <laughs> well kat and i i always ask you the same questions when it comes to supplementation because yeah. i know sometimes people are struggling i know unfortunately some of my clients do not like shakes they won't make a shake yeah. and that is completely out so we do talk about what kind of protein do you like what are you willing to do how much time do you have during each meal because we want to set, as always, realistic goals. So if somebody wants to add supplements into their their life, and I don't want to say program or diet because we don't want to use either one of those, but the life journey that they have ahead, what would you suggest for somebody that does want to lose body 
fat and gain lean muscle, but also feel healthy. Okay. So first and foremost, you've got to cover your bases in terms of the foundational supplements or nutrients, I should say, that run all aspects of your metabolism. So nobody eats perfectly all the time. So a high quality multivitamin that fits your age, your gender, your activity level, your life stage, fill all the gaps that run your metabolism and support um, your health. Okay. So high quality multivitamin. If you're not getting your omega-3s, I can't tell you how important those are to get them from your diet. Plug that gap with a supplement if needed, as well as vitamin D, if you don't have optimal levels of vitamin D. Okay, now we got baseline covered. Oh, I didn't mention calcium. You need calcium for your bones. So if you're not getting enough calcium from your diet, fill that gap as well. Now, obviously protein can help you get to that level, whether it's a whey protein or a plant-based protein can help you get to that level of the 0.7 grams per pound of lean body mass a day. If you're not gonna do that, if you're not gonna bake with it, if you're not gonna add it to anything, um, then you could try essential amino acids, right? Which are the, the free form essential amino acids that make up protein. And that can help raise your intake of those building blocks. Um, and you can sip those around your workout. They also help with recovery and muscle soreness. And then of course there's creatine monohydrate, very well studied over, you know, hundreds and hundreds of studies supporting creatine monohydrate for helping building strength and mass, et cetera. Um, there's also caffeine. Caffeine can help with all aspects of performance and workouts and even can help facilitate fat loss. Those supplements can, can be helpful as well. Um, there's some other, there's a handful of other ones that might be beneficial. Beta alanine that can help with high intense exercise that can be helpful as well. You know, those are the major players so, in terms of supplements. There's not a whole ton of, you know, dietary supplements out there that, you know, can make a huge difference. Creatine, I would say for everybody almost, you know, caffeine in select cases and proper dosages. Um, I put yeah, creatine in my coffee. That's if a, anyone cares. That's been my new thing. Put, I just started you, it. You put oh, creatine in your coffee? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Just hey. a little scoop. Yeah. Oh. Are you getting like three to five grams of it? Per yeah, dosage? whatever the, the recommended or recommendation <laughs> is. And it's funny because I'm terrible and I will honestly openly admit this on random fit. Myself, Wendy Bats is terrible with taking my supplements because I literally have to have them out and it says one scoop or one and a half scoop of this and that. Or if it's not out on the table, which drives me nuts because I hate, I'm very type A. I like things very clean. So it has to be out to drive me nuts in order for me to remember to take it. So then I can place it back up. And then every night my husband puts it back out on the table. So he knows I'll look at it and take it before I put it back away. But yes, we've started the whole, this is what Good. we're doing with protein. This is what we're doing. I've never in my life taken creatine. This is the first month I'm trying it. So I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm trying to see if it's going to help. Yeah, get ready to bang right. out those 15, 15 to 20 pull-ups, Wendy. Um, uh, it has nothing to do with that. It's more I'm just no. trying to survive the day. <laughs> but, so with regarding that. supplements, and again, I'm I'm doing I'm doing the best I can to be consistent with it. But the one that I'm that I get questions on, especially with my male clients, Kat, you brought up calcium. And usually calcium is one of those supplements that comes up in the conversation of osteopenia, osteoporosis, how does that, how does, how does that affect males? Cause it's not, a, it's not a supplement or a component that usually gets brought up with, with male exercisers. 
Yeah. Well, it, you know, osteoporosis is more prevalent in women, mainly because mm -hmm. as they age, you know, estrogen decreases, estrogen is required, you know, for bone building to, to absorb calcium, et cetera. So, but you males also need more calcium as they age. And if they're not getting it from their diet, then obviously there's, there's going to be a gap there and it's going to put them at risk for low bone mass, et cetera. And I think the last time I looked at it, um, you know, from supplementation for males, I think the recommendation is up to 500 milligrams a day they can supplement because they're getting the rest from from their diet. Um, but yeah, it can be beneficial to to guys as well. You just just like anything, you don't want to consume excessive amounts of any supplement and nutrient. Hmm. Well, there you go. Who knew? There you go. <laughs> so. Right, with, with with us talking about body composition change and nutrition, what would be the key takeaway that you would want our listeners to walk away with after they listen to this podcast? Yeah. So I would say there's three things. Set the rate of weight loss up, right, between a half a percent to one percent. That's That's the thing, the rate of weight loss in most cases. Prioritize getting your client's protein levels up to that 0.7 grams up to one, you know, gram per day of body weight and work on those habits and incorporating those protein rich foods. Um, and then the last one would be, you got to resistance train at least three times a week. You got to get on a progressive protocol, right? That NASM trainers know how to, to create. So those are the three things and then use, um, evidence-based supplements. That's four. <laughs> so get your foundational and then add in the creatine and the caffeine and the and maybe some beta alanine and essential amino acids. Add those in sort of um, to help facilitate the process. And I think it's important to throw in too, if anyone is listening that is an NASM personal trainer, they have access to our pro discount page where you can get all your dot fit supplements, which is third block, what is it, third party blind tested all natural. Yes. It is what it is. Whatever you see on the label, it is what it is. And so if you haven't looked into that, these supplements are fantastic. I know this isn't about that type of show, but if not, and you're listening in, DotFit is an amazing company and they do an exceptional job with supplementation and then just being true to what, what's on the label. So there you go. There's your pitch and you didn't even yeah. know I was going to throw that out there, right? <laughs> oh, and that's the thing. And, you know, you guys that want more resources in this area, a lot of traders are hesitant to make any nutrition recommendations because they're not confident. It's not their scope. You know, it's not their knowledge base. So obviously the certified nutrition coach, right, that NASM has put out, that's a great resource. So if you need CEUs, any ways to renew, take that one next and add to your body of knowledge, learn about supplements, learn about more about body composition and, and nutrition. And, and get some tools in your bag, additional tools in your bag to be a more impactful fitness professional. There you go. More tools, bigger toolbox, more tools. We'll That's right. We'll take <laughs> so Kat, hey, thank you so much again, as always, for taking the time out to talk with us uh, on Random Fit. But, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those situations where the feedback that we get regarding you coming on and the information that you have to share, it's always on the positive side. So. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for always, having me, guys. Always good to see you. So, yeah. So, for those of you listening to us here on Random Fit with Wendy Bass and I, Ken Miller, with our special guest today, Miss Cat Bearfield, registered dietitian. Um, like, follow, subscribe, especially this episode. 
download, share, let us know if there's anything else you want us to talk about, but especially on the nutrition side, we'll be more than happy to give Kat uh, a little comeback visit here on Random Fit. So until then, everybody, take care and be well. 